3: folks welcome to another episode of film study this is ken mccusick we're continuing on with our positional reviews today and today we're talking about the running backs and joining me is denard melton denard how are you doing i'm
1: good sir how are you
3: doing a uh, pleasure to have you on and first time we've done a show together i just the the, the our pre-production meeting here i'm looking forward to it already so uh, going to talk a little bit oh
1: first of all where can folks talk to you either on twitter or find you online so, I'm at the FireZone uh, Fire show um, on Twitter. Um, I do my own thing on, on the defensive side of things. So, uh, running back is, is definitely a near and dear spot to my heart, playing it in high school and taking advantage of it as a defensive coordinator. So, I, I definitely understand the position for sure. Twitter handle? Um, at the Fire zone show.
3: Okay. All right, great. Uh, hopefully folks will reach out to Denard and, and talk football with him. You'll get a better idea what he's about, I'm sure, on this show. Uh, okay, so let's talk running backs in 2021. Obviously, a position that they went into camp as a strength, uh, left camp as decidedly not a strength with the two injuries to uh, Gus Edwards and Dobbins, taking down
1: their top two backs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, I think they had a plan coming into the season. Um, they had their two guys they had a a very violent running game in store mm-hmm. and you know when those things happen you know the the entire running back core gets you know uprooted and you bring in guys just to make your offense move I mean I would give hats off to the Ravens what they were able to pull in and and, and be able to manufacture with the guys they found on the street Um but obviously, going forward, um, bringing those two guys back healthy you know, is definitely going to be part of the equation.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll certainly have to hope that's the case. Uh, to my way of thinking, the, the the Ravens' running game eroded over the course of the season into one where uh, inside linebackers were not taking the read steps that the Ravens had taken advantage of in 2019 and especially, but in 2020 also, uh, where they would get better play action opportunities out of Lamar, even with these little hand checks he does, so forward-facing fakes, not even going into the mesh. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the lack of an outside, a credible outside threat was so significant that it really reduced Lamar's ability to run inside this year.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I think without JK, J.K. Dobbins, they they just had no one who they trusted enough to turn that corner. Um, I, I think you saw that, that at the end of 2020 um, how well he opened up the offense at the end of the season and, and really contributed to now you having to respect all 56 and half yards, however wide the field yep. is these days. And, you know, once those two things are gone, Lamar is literally no fakes as a linebacker. I'm already two steps into my drop. Cause I already know what's going on. Yep. Yeah, you you, you definitely I, I I
3: liken it to daring the Ravens to run the football basically this year, and and yeah. when they did, particularly the the, the two guys, uh, they were just not particularly impactful. I, uh, Murray had a good game, obviously in the in the finale, which was you know fun to do to the Steelers, but uh, very ineffective, and and he. He really is a bigger back. Depends on getting to level two and having the first contact be there. All, all backs depend on that, but yeah. big backs, especially like Edwards and Murray, depend on that first contact coming in level two to get those high Yakko numbers, where they're 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 going against a safety for the first contact. A lot of times, they're going against even a linebacker uh, who's not really squared up as as he should be, and they'll get a they'll get a good yards after yards after contact number.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's where Murray really struggled. And I think where Gus Edwards made the offense work in the first couple of years, even when there wasn't a hole, Gus Edwards made a hole. Mm-hmm. And he was able to break that initial tackle, even if it was at the line of scrimmage, and give you that five or six, seven yards. Murray, yeah, I, you, you knew it was two to three yards. That's that's it. That's what you were getting. Yeah. he's uh, a, a cynic would say...
3: It wasn't really the fault of these elder statesmen running backs they brought in. It was a case of the offensive line not being what it otherwise could be. And the offensive line certainly is, is a shadow of what it was in 2019 with Brown, Stanley, and Yanda replaced by Villanueva McCary and uh, Zeitler, who's, you know, had a good year. Yeah, But, but uh, it, it's, uh, it's right. Yeah, it's not this, It's not the same offensive line. They didn't have Nick Boyle, of course, to to, to really give you the seven to block yep. five kind of
1: numbers. Uh, um, let's talk. I, about think, the, I think Nick Boyle hurt their outside run game. Obviously, I think yeah. they they did not have a tight end who could hook the corner, and, and you know, no indifference to you know Mark Edwards and, and, and Andrews and, and those guys. Mm-hmm. But Boyle's just different. And a healthy Boyle gets you the corner, regardless of what running back you have.
3: Yeah, I, I like who um, who Boyle is, obviously, and what he bring what he brought to the game. You know, I'm not sure Nick Boyle will ever be the same player again. We'll see. He wasn't this year, right? Um, but but I what I really liked about Boyle in past years was his ability to be part of the double team, almost like an offensive lineman when they motioned him through the backfield. He and Ricard both having that versatility, having the two of them on a on a very 49ers like you know, mm-hmm. seven man run blocking scheme where you have seven heavies on the field. I, I've, I've liked a lot. Let's, let's stick with the running backs though. Cause we, we need, we need to kind of go, yep. go through that and, and make our progress. Uh, so, so let's a little bit of history here. Um, we, we exited camp and I thought for sure, given the Ravens immediate have to go to the street for older running backs and Tyson's Williams, Tyson Williams performance in the preseason, that he would immediately jump on, to be the number one back, but that didn't happen.
1: No. And I think his confidence got eroded mm-hmm. at the end of the Raider game. You can kind of see how tentative he was running and they tried to throw him back out there the second week. And it just, it, it looked like a kid who, who was in his second game as an NFL player. And he, he just wasn't hitting the hole. He wasn't confident in what he was doing, what he was seeing. And then when he was confident in what he was seeing and doing, he most likely fumbled. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we all know Harbaugh and, and and he's he's been given second chances to running backs in recent years, mm-hmm. but not, rookies and, and you're not a, a high pick. Yeah. You're not going to get the football very much more. Yeah.
3: It's, it was, it was interesting that he was in the doghouse for so long. I, I look at, Tyson season obviously the, the the fumble that ended up being a touchdown in week two against Kansas City, the Duvernay mm-hmm. you know magically picked out of the air um, that that fumble might have been his undoing, but the other the more serious fumble to me is the mesh point fumble mm-hmm. and and you know if you can 't operate the mesh point and you 're the outside threat that 's a pretty big um, uh, job restraining factor, I'll call it. <laughs> I- yeah, it's
1: an <laughs> it, it's a very iterative part of the option game, mm-hmm. and if you do not have confidence in the mesh point, I played option quarterback in high school, mm-hmm. so from day one from camp, that's all you did for 20 minutes was mesh point, mesh point, mm-hmm. mesh point, pitch, 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 mesh point, mesh point, point. and if you don't do that during camp, you, you're not going to be able to figure it out during the season because it, you just don't have the reps. And that's why you kind of saw it eventually evaporate from the offense, you know, literally after Lamar left. And then at that point, it was just kind of sprinkled in because you, you could pull it off because people weren't really looking for it at that point.
3: Right, and uh, there there were other limitations to Huntley, obviously that were were impacting the running backs, but but then you know they they picked the two guys off the street. Latavius Murray got playing time week one. Uh, Murray had you know he's he's a bigger back, so he certainly has the ability to be a pass blocker. One of the things I liked about seeing him play in that first game, was that Lamar would move him around. And towards the end of that, that Raiders game, he did some things where he just moved Murray up and said, look, Max Crosby's not getting blocked. You you stand right there and yep. block him. And it's after they left the huddle, play is called. He just says, okay, you, you were in the backfield before, but this is a pass play anyway. Get right up there and block Crosby. Right. I, <laughs> I, I, love, I love to see that, even though you know, somebody like Roman may hate it. It says, you know, you're, you're you're taking away the the threat we have to run the football, but you know, whatever it is. I, I like Lamar taking command on the field in that manner.
1: Yeah. I mean, he is the threat. So you you still have the threat of the run. Yeah, there you go. Sitting there (laughs) there watching it, but that's also maturity on Lamar's part and maturity on a running back's part to understand that a, this is not pride, B we're trying to win a football game. So, I need you as a veteran to understand that. Let me just tell you where you need to go yep. and you stand right there and just block him and I'll take care of the racket. Yeah. And, yeah was- and you kind of saw that with Murray a little bit until about what week three, when he started kind of getting this, his legs underneath them as in terms of running back. But obviously you never saw the explosion right. or anything that was him, you know, two, three years ago. You know, even – I've meant to do this, but even during that final
3: game against Pittsburgh, he wasn't exploding. Those those holes were just open like for a truck to drive through in the end. (laughs) And that touchdown run – had to be this most slow loping run I've ever seen. The forty-six yard touchdown. It looked like he was just gliding, and you know, not, and then I, it came out on AWS that he ran over twenty point five miles an hour on that play.
1: Yeah. And I, there's no way. It's well, it's like, <laughs> well, he's a, he's a gazelle. I mean, that's what gazelles look like. They they have long legs and and they don't they just eat up eat up yardage. Forty yards okay, looks that? like it looks doesn't look fast.
3: I think there's two measurements that I would like to see. Number one is what's his top speed and where was that, so yeah. I can like, kind of like understand. But the other part is just like you could do this with your, with your, uh, your your timer that's uh, that's available within your DVR at point three point zero three seconds per click. And so if if you do that and you just click it out, you can tell how long it would take him to get from either the, the handoff point of the, or the go, uh, from the handoff point to the goal line, mm-hmm. and that might have been you know. I don't know six seconds or whatever it might have been, and then over over forty six yards, and you could then translate that to miles per hour. I guarantee yeah. you that that miles per hour figure is a lot lower than twenty. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking you know, this looked like about sixteen miles an hour to me, but, but well,
1: anyway. we if if you block Cam Hayward, you you can run for days yeah. in the Steelers defense, but you know that's harder. You can do that once, and obviously they got it blocked up that
3: it is nice to see the Steelers have troubles at inside linebacker where they have not over the years and it looked like Bush was going to be a great player and now they've got some similar questions about him to Patrick Queen in terms of his uh, uh, desire to be physical and and some of his ability to shed blocks and whatnot
1: well I think what hurts I, I think it's kind of the same thing you saw with Queen as the season kind of progressed once Bynes came in and was that physical presence mm-hmm. he could be who he was at lsu and be the linebacker that i'm mm-hmm. sure the ravens thought they were getting i think the same thing is happening to devon bush he doesn't have that sledgehammer next to him he doesn't have that guy who's going to clean up messes who's going to be this guy who, who who's going to be physical and, and shed blockers that's not who devon bush was in college Mm-hmm. That's not who Devin Bush was this first season before he got hurt. So I, I think the Steelers have bigger issues at linebacker besides the guy next to um, to Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can kind of say the same thing about the Ravens and their linebacker. Board,
3: but oh, they certainly they have issues. At. Yeah, we, we'll leave that for another show. Back to the running backs. So uh, we talked a little bit about Murray. Devonta Freeman came and give them as much of an off tackle threat as they really had. But he's certainly not a guy who, who you want stretching with the football. Yeah. Uh, even even on the outside, I didn't think he was particularly useful as a swing pass guy no. this year. Very low yards per touch.
1: Well, I would say that he um, he would basically say that. He was a check down type of guy. Um, He was kind of the the guy that if you got him the ball in space a little bit, then he would get you the first down. He'd get you that seven, eight yards in the dump down. He was reliable in that way. He was reliable with carrying the football. He wasn't going to fumble. He was going to take what the yardage gave him. I would say towards the end of the year, his legs seemed to be there. So the, the initial cuts and firsts were there at the line of scrimmage. But after three or four yards, who he was shows up, which is he's a running back who has a lot of tread doing. So after the first couple yards, he can make a first-guy miss, but after that, he's not going to make the second and third-guy miss. So he gave you what you needed in terms of keeping the chains moving. But I, it's kind of been the issue – without J.K. Dobbins, even with Lamar, you don't have a home run threat in the Mm -hmm. backfield. And J.K. was that, but we didn't see it enough. So we don't really know if that's going to be on a consistent basis. We got hopes and dreams, but we only got really half a season. Right.
3: Well, well, we'll see. I think that, you know, JK will be back and uh, seemed very salty about what happened this year. And I guess I would be too, if I got hurt in a preseason game and, and uh, looking to play, of course, I look at it as, as being kind of a, a total number of snaps that, you know, really relates to your injury risk and a couple extra snaps in the preseason shouldn't really be that much of a risk. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 you know, but that said, you know, I'm I'm not in favor of of you know my my number one running back getting 12 carries or anything in, in a in an entire preseason, let alone uh, you know whatever. I I don't know what he had. It wasn't that many carries. It was four to six carries. Probably had the whole preseason. But uh, uh, you know, it, it, the Ravens have been one of the teams that's been pretty good with that. I, I look at the final stats this year for Murray and Freeman, and they're remarkably similar. Even though Freeman for most of the year was doing better in yards per carry. Uh, they finished 4.3, 4.2, both over 500 yards. Murray, that final game uh, yeah. against Pittsburgh, really caught up in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it, it's, it, they certainly were not good backs. And one of the things that, that bothered me about this season, uh, and really was, was to the Ravens' detriment tremendously, is this was a terrible year to go out and get first, love, first year street talent. And I mean, I'm talking either a guy who's actually out as a rookie. Or a guy who's in year one and hasn't played yet, you know, a a, uh, yep. a guy who's been on a practice squad for a year. But with COVID, you know, there were there were many fewer small school players that came out, and even fewer large school players as well, because of, you know some shortened seasons and whatnot, and and that meant that 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 talent pool there was much thinner than normal. That's where the Ravens live in terms of finding running backs on the margin like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think the NCAA kind of stuck it to the NFL when allowing a lot of those guys to come back rightfully. So for a six year or however you wanted to spin it, but yes, it definitely thinned out the herd of, of quality, you know, FCS school type running back. Who are those guys who can come up and really make, make a difference, you know, late in the season? Cause you know, that's, that's what they do. They're quick guys. They they, they undersize, but they, they they know how to play the position. Mm-hmm. So now, come this year, you better have your scouting, scouting shoes on because yeah. there's going to be a glutton of, mm-hmm. of running backs that you don't have to necessarily go get one in the draft if you don't want them. And you still right. can find a, a quality individual to fit yeah. your scheme that you're
3: looking at. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And a, a lot of the big man positions are going to be similarly deep. I mean, it's a good year for the Ravens to need defensive line because a lot of defensive linemen took an extra year. And it doesn't necessarily mean the very top guys are great defensive line. It should be a deep draft for defensive linemen just because of what happened. And I haven't I haven't even gone through the defensive line and started watching no. film yet. But 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 I'm, I I just know you know, structurally it has to be. Yeah. It has to be a big year for defensive mm-hmm. linemen so anyway we're we're uh we digress again um let's let's talk about running back in terms of what maybe you expect the Ravens to do um uh, in the coming year are we We're in agreement that Murray and Freeman, we could talk about their years a little bit, but, but unlikely either will be back
1: yeah, unlikely um obviously, just to touch on Mr. Bell, who came in and he tried to uh tried to give us something different um obviously he he His running style, obviously, and his legs just doesn't fit what we did. But I would say that's that time period he was in the flow of the offense, pass protection for the running backs was pretty good. So I think that really kind of helped the passing game a little bit. And I think you saw that even with Lamar going out and when Bell left, I think that is a very missing ingredient in that running back room that is, is sorely lacking and can help an average offensive line like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who is, I think, the best split pickup pick up running back in the league. And it's no question about it. The man will step in and, and take anybody's head off and mm-hmm. he won't get close. So that's the type of guy the Ravens need. Obviously, you're not getting him, but you need that type of guy who can come in and be smart and not, be, you know, laser-focused. Well, if my guy doesn't come in the gap, then I'm not picking up any guy. Mm-hmm. Elliot does a very good job of scanning from right to middle to left, and he understands where the line is moving and where he may need to go and all that good stuff. Yeah, that, that's a great point,
3: and and it's, it's important to note that that guy who you want on the field on third down is not necessarily the most athletically gifted people. And and people my age will remember Don McCauley for the 1970s Colts as being a a guy who was not particularly fast, but he had great hands, he's a good pass blocker, great goal line runner, and he would know... The proper time to go out. And, and th- that's that's what you're, you're talking about when you're talking about processing from left to right. Yeah. I see it with offensive linemen a lot. But but, you know, y- y- you've got to be able to recognize that it's four yep. that are coming. As soon as four are coming, that running back is is free to go yeah he's he's a free release we count the free releases on every offensive place that 's something we 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 know to look for is that as soon as it's a four man rush it's going to be a it's going to be a, a, a all free releases the 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 running back who can figure that out quickly and and then even play off that to get to a good spot if he has the good relationship with his quarterback uh, can get you a lot of extra yards under those circumstances and he doesn't have to have the highest straight line speed he just has to be a good processor with with some decent Ability, you know, Josh Bynes' ability to play linebacker would be a good analogy on
1: defense. Yes, I would totally agree. And I think when they lost Ingram, they lost that capability in mm-hmm. the backfield. And I think that's something they're going to be looking for. We
3: before. saw Gus
1: Edwards become a pretty good receiver down
3: the stretch in 20. And I would have liked to see if they would have used him on third down a little bit. Dobbins was, it makes sense as well. But, but you know, if, if Edwards can block a little bit.
1: I, I think they soured on J.K., Mm-hmm. In the backfield a little bit, in in the playoff, I think he turned down a few, mm-hmm. and obviously the play I'm thinking about is he couldn't block use yeah. second down coming out of the uh, coming out of the uh, halftime. They drive down the field, they get that score, they probably take control of the game, mm-hmm. um, and you know people don't look at those things, but. He got put in a bind that he probably has not done a lot during the season, and it it, it showed up in a big way. Is a
3: as a is a
1: big. It
3: definitely was a huge play, and, and it's one where it might not have been entirely his fault in terms of responsibilities on that right side. But even so, he his responsibility became that player once the right
1: tackle didn't yeah, get it picked up. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the type of play that an Elliot or an an Ingram would have changed instead of trying to cut him, which is probably what was in the, in the play call in the first place, recognize oh right tackle, step down. I just got to be a man and literally just absorb this guy (laughs) as he's coming through. And, you know, he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Therefore you get the incomplete. And then Lamar's trying to make a big play because he knows that a field goal here is, 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 not do it would be a loss. yeah, yes. it would have been a loss. The game would have been over as it was. so so let's let's talk
3: about where we are now for the Ravens and going in at running back in 2022. Um, we talked a little bit before the, before the show about the draft. Uh, obviously free agency and UDFA are, are both uh, possibilities as well. but just kind of lay it out for me in terms of how you would see the Ravens addressing Pitt possibly free agency at running back. Including maybe the guys they have, um, a, 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 a UDFA possibility, and and where they might draft a running back.
1: So I, I think, in terms of a veteran, I think we'll see one. Um, I think if you're if you're thinking in a mold of a, a Mark Ingram, a guy who's a veteran who has a couple years left, like truly a couple years left probably trying to get them in that same number, you know, three years, $4 million. Some guy who's going to come in and stabilize that position until JK is healthy enough, Gus is healthy enough. Because really thinking about it, they're not going to be in full okay mode until probably week seven,
3: week eight. That is scary to think that might be true. I mean, I those injuries were both preseason, so you'd really hope they'd be ready to go by the beginning of the year. Well, they'll be
1: ready, but they're not going to be who they are for several weeks. So, are you going to languish in the same kind of hole you were this year when they went out? You're going to be redoing your offense, you know, week one, (laughs) trying to figure out that for eight weeks till they get Uh, there.
3: I, you know, I'm I'm at a loss too. So, so I I, I guess lay out your whole plan here because I'm I'm probably going to. So obviously,
1: you're bringing in the vet, Mm -hmm. someone to stabilize. Um, Obviously, you got the two guys coming. Justice Hill will probably start on pup. You'll see where he is. You know, week six, if you need a body, I'm sure you will. Um, Obviously, his special team talent is Mm -hmm. is needed again. Um, because I don't think you're going to be able to keep as many receivers as you want to keep. Um, but obviously that's another discussion. Um, in terms of running backs in the draft, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked one in the third or fourth round, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't pick one at all and picked up four or five <laughs> you, you know, right. undrafted free agents to bring back to camp and, and say the best two guys are probably going to be here Going forward, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's their plan. I, I think they are upset that they didn't get a good look at McCray. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good look. I think the last three, four games would have been very, very beneficial. To did, that didn't seem to
3: make any sense. I mean, it's not like Latavius Murray is really helping the team, especially in Week 18. And I know Murray had a big game. So, yeah. boy, I mean that that worked I, out I know he was coming
1: good. off of COVID. But even the even before he was on the list, he got like one or two carries, mm-hmm. and it was just like, then why'd you bring him up? Like, if you're gonna at least give him ten, and, and you can be like, okay, he's got he's got an opportunity. You give him one or two carries, you, you're just you're just what are you doing? <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, so you, you're saying a veteran you think will happen, yeah, and 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 you're projecting the Ravens actually spend some cap there, but if you're if you're talking about two to four million dollars a year kind of, thing. yeah. Okay. And then the, the, uh, a draft pick, you're saying the earliest is probably the third or fourth round. Yeah. Okay. And I think I would agree with that, by the way. And then UDFAs is where there should be a pretty deep talent pool. And it makes sense that the Ravens would go out and. and yes.
1: They should be heavy in that market. A couple heavy. of
3: ponies. Yeah. We'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> and I think a lot of college guys will want to come here because yeah. of, the, of the system they have. So oh, yeah. You're going to you know, have the pick of what you want.
3: That, that's one of the complaints about Greg Roman is that receivers don't like to play for him but the other side of that coin is that running backs love to play in this system you know you, you get
1: yeah I mean guys was, on the but think about it if you think about San Francisco those receivers got the ball because <laughs> mm-hmm. they were good I mean you had Crabtree um, I forget the other guy on the other side of him but they they threw the ball a <clears throat> no. I mean, they had Randy Moss the year and they went to the Super Bowl, but they had another T- quality receiver out there. there. They, had, there. Um, they had the tight end,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, Davis. So they had pass catchers, and I, I think Crabtree was averaging 60 to 70 catches, and at some point he was at 90 catches one year. So I wouldn't say Greg Roma's offense is, is misusing receivers. You just got to be a man. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is offense because there are going to be a lot of jump balls, a lot of contested balls. He's not looking to get you open. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier. And the one thing I'll disagree with you on is I don't think that the Ravens are going to go out and spend money on a vet. I think they've got too many needs at too many positions that are going to be difficult to address with Cap that they're, they're, they're tight on cap anyway. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to, they're going to play it with Roman can get us through with good backs uh, who have talents we can use specifically for our needs. So mm-hmm. they have niche talents. And the, the the good thing about that, the good thing about how to get some niche talents back. So you have a power back, you have a speed back to the outside and, and they don't necessarily do both. So, you know, you're not getting Saquon Barkley on any of these on of these players or Ezekiel Elliott, but you're getting a, a, you're getting a guy who can do one thing for your offense very well. The good thing about that is that those aren't the most sought after guys to be on your practice squad. So you can usually keep a guy or two on your practice squad who kind of fit that bill. And I think McCrary could have been that this year because he, he was the guy, along with Williams, who had some outside speed to break that down. The only other guy they talked, we didn't talk about him, was Devin Duvernay got one snap in the backfield, one carry. And I would have really liked to see more of him i, I he was uh, you know he's a guy who clearly would have given them that outside speed they used them all in that capacity sort of to do the um the, the jet motion that they used. Mm-hmm. but I would have really liked to see him get more opportunity lining up in the backfield. It could have been a mesh point problem we don't know but
1: i I think you're I think you're leaning on the on the right thing there in terms of once you don't have that. Mesh point action that you would have had with Gus and JK. Mm-hmm. These, that jet sweep means nothing. Mm-hmm. Cause now you see it come across as defense. My ears are already, there's only two plays. Either mm-hmm. you're going to throw it or you're going to give it to that guy. Either way, I'm not coming forward. So mm-hmm. y- y- you kind of lose it. And I, uh, and to, you know, kind of not counter argument in terms of that veteran, the only reason why I say they, they bring in someone with money is because they don't have an identity on offense anymore. Okay. And if you're going to wait eight weeks for an identity, you're going to be two and six. <laughs> and if you, you, I just think if this team needs to find an identity on both sides of the ball, I, I think that really got lost all year. And I, and, I, and I want to say it's kind of because of COVID a little bit. But they just weren't physical like a Ravens team. You couldn't really pinpoint who they
3: were all season. I, I'm, I'm going to blame it on injuries. Uh, I don't always do that. But this is a year where mm-hmm. the Ravens injuries were so far beyond the norm. And they had offensive line deficiencies. They overcounted on Ronnie Stanley to be who he wasn't in this last year, yeah. and and that was obviously – that didn't work out. And then they, they thought Alejandro Villanueva was a guy who could help them, and that did not turn out to be true. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, they they ended up with getting a little bit of unexpected value of Pat, Patrick McCary at right tackle. Um, but but he's not the guy they want their long-term either. I mean, they right. they, they need to get two guys who can play tackle this offseason, and uh, that should help the running game more than anything. Because I honestly believe the interior of the offensive line is in pretty good shape. Even if they lose Bozeman, I think they, if they had McCarey back at center, I'd yes. still be okay with that being a, being I, I a fairly think, solid I'm, group.
1: Yeah, I, I think they have to figure out their left guard. I, I don't think he's on the roster. No. Oh, no. You're hurting me, Ben Cleveland. I, don't, I, I just don't think he's on – he's not on the roster. Or not, and it's hard to say who the right tackle on the roster is right now either. All right. We'll have to bet a beer on that one.
3: I think, I think <laughs> based, based on the, on the last game of the year, what we saw from Ben Cleveland, I'm very excited about what he brings to the team in 2022. And uh, it is, you just had, uh, I got to see more. I just, I, All right. well, that's fair. I mean, he yeah. certainly had a terrible game the week before, so that's, that's it's reasonable to want to see more, but I'll tell you in 15 years of doing offensive line scoring, one thing I've noted is it is extremely rare for a bad player to have a really dominant game like he did against great competition, and that was cam Hayward he was across from from a lot of that game and and he really dominated him he he looked great in polls. The Ravens' offense was moving in a way they hadn't the whole year, which was, you know, a lot of him getting yep. good double teams and and allow either enabling or doing the moving to level two himself. So I liked a lot of things about it, but yep. that's again we're off track. Um, <laughs> but we we'll, we we'll, we'll, I, I hope you'll be happy to be wrong about him, and and I'd love yes, to be, I would be to
1: be wrong about it. anything else you'd like to predict. Yes, with, with the <laughs> totally. Spectrum, you know? I, I would love to be a hundred percent wrong on everything. All right.
3: Well, Denard, a, a pleasure having you on. Tell folks again once that where they can contact you online if they want to talk football.
1: Awesome. So you can find me at the Fire Zone Show on Twitter, um, or you can find me at Denard13 at my other regular handle as well. All right. Great pleasure having you on. Other folks
3: out there, if you want to do an episode with me, I'm open micing it this offseason largely, which means, uh, you know, I really want people to come on and talk about uh, specific shorts that they have, whether it's a study, uh, a particular player they'd like to talk about. Uh, If you still want to do a 25 years episode, I'll fit that in. The series that I'm going to be running next, though, is fixing the Ravens. So if you have an idea and the Ravens, obviously a team with a lot of problems, a lot of things that need to be fixed. If you, if you have a narrow idea about something you'd like to fix about the Ravens and an idea of how it could be done, some combination of go out and get players, lean on this guy, trust him, change concepts, whatever it might be. Uh, give, give me a, 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 a DM on Twitter. They're open. I'll, I'll talk to you about it. and We can develop that into a good show. And hopefully we can do 10 or so of those because there's there's certainly a lot of things about the 2022 Ravens that need to be fixed. Denard, thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time on Absolutely. Film Study.